Blog Talk Radio. What's up, ladies and giblets? The one, the only, Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? Lady Lynn's feeling a bit under the weather, ladies and gentlemen. And no, has nothing to do with coronavirus. Yes, we all are aware that this virus is serious, folks. But we're not here to talk about the news or whatever is going on, but we are well aware. And Wash your hands. Oh, and, um, yeah. Be hygienically sound like you should have been since kindergarten. More than that also, folks. If you know that someone is trying to fuck with you and sneeze in your face, you punch them in the face. God, that would be so much more entertaining than last night's Elimination Chamber. Um... Which, by the way, I would like to know what in hell is going on lately, you know, with uh, main roster pay-per-views. With the exception of Royal Rumble, there really has not been that much for us as fans to wiggle with. And be like, okay, cool, yeah, your pay-per-view was badass. I want to go out and get t-shirts, blah, blah, blah. That was Rumble, and I can tell you, because I was there live with a good friend of mine. Um, or I get started and, you know, tail tailspin into off topics here. Um, we here at Wrestle Radio Network would like to give our condolences to our good friend Chris one of our technicians and stat guys, and also a good friend at work. Um, We would like to extend our condolences to him and his family. He just lost his uncle. And um, we would like to take 10 seconds in silence and remember for Chris's uncle. Rest in peace, my friend. Now, yes, Elimination Chamber, and yes, Revolution, AEW's Revolution, was in February, but there are subtle differences between the two. Let me guess, you know, there's going to be people that tell the world. This pay-per-view is great because, and you should feel like this because. Fill in the blanks, you should feel like this. I don't know how many times I'm going to have to repeat myself when it comes to uh, telling the fans they should feel a certain emotion on a pay-per-view. We knew what was coming. We knew Baszler was going to win the women's match, you know, the women's elimination chamber which featured Natalia, Liv Morgan, Asuka, Sarah Logan, and Ruby Riot, and Shayna Baszler. The winner would get a chance to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 36. I guarantee you all, there's got to be an explanation as to why in Philadelphia you would give them another shit show because in 2018 the Royal Rumble you know came there and we actually got what we wanted but was it a trap I don't know I don't know what exactly um, you would consider a trap in professional wrestling for fans 
But when you had Shinsuke Nakamura and Asuka win their respective uh, champ, you know, championship opportunities, and then only to have both lose, it drags up bad memories. You know, Philly's had good shows. They've had bad shows. This show was a shit show. The beginning of the, of the night, you had Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan. It wasn't technical. It was extremely stiff. Um, the the positives, I know, Daniel Bryan's balls popped out. And I didn't know this because we watched the match when Gulak is trying to hook him for the suplex outside. His balls popped out, and you just hear the crowd, Oh, you fuckers haven't seen these before. Come on. The point is, if you start out the match with not so much a sleeper, but when Michael Cole said, and he has him in a, he gave him a dragon suplex. If I had crickets chirping as sound effects on here, I would cricket, cricket, chirp, chirp. Not just for that one little tidbit of announcing, but boy, you know what? I haven't even hit my rant yet, and I was going to sit here and tell you the one thing that bugs the fuck out of me is when you have non-chamber matches as a part of the fucking card. They have them as fillers. Humberto Carrillo versus Andrade Cien Almas for the United States Championship. No fucking thank you. That could have been a match shown on Raw. Why they couldn't book, you know, Rey Mysterio as part of this match as a triple threat. Oh, but they're friends. They can't face each other. Yes, the fuck they can. There's certain things that you can improve upon. Like, oh, I don't know. You could put NXT as kickoff matches at the beginning of your show. I don't understand why the men's match, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match with Miz Morrison, the New Day's Kofi and Big E, and you have the Usos, Heavy Machinery, and the Lucha House Party. If it weren't for those two crazies and Lucha House Party... I probably would uh, not have tuned in to that match mentally because watching uh, Lince Dorado off the top of that structure do a moonsault where everyone had to get up and wait for him, uh, I could point out the shortcoming matches, but I just, I'm sorry. I just feel like, you know, personally watching Elimination Chamber took years off my life. And they say, well, you're watching Mania. Again, I'll put my head near the cannon, hope to God the pyro goes off near it so that I can be deaf, that I can, well, I'm still going to torture myself, but I was watching it. Spent money on Mania 36. Yes, I did. The men's tag team match for SmackDown Live. Okay, um, that wasn't the only craptastic match, the whole entire card. Let's just, let's just be honest with ourselves. I mean, they had beginning, they had Buddy Murphy, Seth Rollins, actually this wasn't the beginning, versus the Street Profits. Kevin Owens kind of came down to help. I actually didn't kind of connect. He helped. Pouring popcorn all over Seth Rollins, and then, you know. I can't, I just cannot sugarcoat this shit. I can read through the match card, which I'm not doing right now. I'm actually scrolling through my Facebook, if I'm being honest with you. Um, oh, yes, the three-on-one handicap match for the Intercontinental Championship. So it took three men to take one down. So the way Sami Zayn goes about winning the Intercontinental title, that makes sense in a sense that uh, it took Cesaro and Nakamura to help him out. You know, I get that gimmick. When we're on the bad guy, I don't play fair, and I deserve a championship too type thing. Okay, where the fuck was this at WrestleMania 32? Just out of curiosity, where the fuck was it? I'm just still going to ask. 
because Sami Zayn was like on the up and up, and it wasn't. But you know, a few years back, when people say, "Well, Sami Zayn should have rose, risen up," and then Zach Zach Ryder won out of the blue in that ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. But to compare and contrast this, it's like so Zayn's career. NXT, you know, NXT champion, rose to fame there. It's like, okay. I don't know. The crowd just, the crowd in Philly was not into some of the matches, and it showed. I mean, I look, I look at the match card for Elimination Chamber, and you're in fucking Philadelphia where these people are extremely spoiled. You know, they had years and years of ECW, and you're going to get, saddle them with Elimination Chamber, which is the prelude to WrestleMania. It's the last pay-per-view before Mania 36, before WrestleMania, period. So that 3-on-1 handicap match, uh, <laughs> much rather soon forget. That's my sentiment towards the whole fucking ordeal. Uh, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura versus uh, Braun Strowman. No thanks. Nada, not happening, not doing it. I'm not reviewing this bullshit. Of you know, well, I thought you know the match could have gone either way. No, objectively speaking, man, no. In my head, okay, the main event. The women's match. Do you know? Okay, Shayna Baszler, Queen of Spades, formerly two-time tag team, or not tag team, two-time women's champion in NXT. Why, you know, did she not give the other uh, competitors at least room to work? It makes women like Natalia, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, you know, it makes them look as the unison podcast would say. It makes them look weak. At least make her work at least three to five minutes a maximum in a chamber. You still had time. You could have extended the match and made it a little bit lengthier. I get it. You know, you're supposed to make Shayna look strong. But now, I just, I'm sorry. The women's division, if if Shayna did the same shit that she did uh, in, in NXT, which means, you know, she becomes, she's, she didn't show it at first, and she sucked on the mic at first, then she improved upon it, then she owned her crap, whatever. Let me just point some things out. All right? Since I have a whopping hour and 15 minutes left in this show. AEW Revolution. Now, normally, I don't compliment AEW, and I still won't. But at least they gave their audience a show. That is the main goal of uh, wrestling, is to entertain the fans. And if you don't entertain the fans, they're going to boo the fuck out of you. So who in the hell, who in the hell's decision was it to give the fans the idea that Shayna Baszler is like the term, the female Terminator and that she can tap people out in 60 seconds. She said, I'm going to chew through everyone in this ring right now. My God, I don't think I would want to be in the women's division right now in WWE, especially on the main roster. Some people may say, oh, you're just a cynic and you, you only see the negative in things. This is a constant repeat offense. When people go to watch this, they go to watch it because they're in the hopes that WWE would not stick to the same old fucking routine. And that includes tonight's Monday Night Raw. How much talking can one group of people do? That's why when they, you know, the NXT guys and gals get to the main roster... They, you know, I don't know what they're told, but this is the main roster. We do things here a little different. That means you do things a lot different. There's a lot of talking. 
there's not so much any action. I thought Undertaker was going to start playing mind games with AJ. He's got like three weeks to do it now. Is there an end that makes any kind of meat at all in, on main roster? Because tonight AJ Styles, you know, went completely, you know, shoot style in his promo, and it worked. The rest of the shit, you know, you see from earlier today, Kevin Owens gets his ass beat by AOP and Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Then you have maybe four to five matches, if we're lucky, four matches on WWE Raw. Sometimes I believe when I, actually most of the time, this is a common belief when I watch Maine. If I can stay awake and not fall asleep, I'm going to be able to report some shit to you guys. But if I fall asleep, I'm going to have to read from the match card and say, fuck it. I'm just going to go full tilt, full blast and give it my all. Describe what happened during the entire night. But as per usual, instead of a six-man tag, we had an individual, you know, in tonight's main event. He had Seth Rollins, AOP, and Buddy Murphy, the Monday Night Messiahs, versus the random tandem of the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. And then turn, Kevin Owens predictably comes out and stuns three out of four people and then gets proceeds to get curb stomped. It's not that I dislike some of these guys or gals that are on main roster. It's there's a difference. One roster, one brand, two brands talk too much. And you only have about, you know, you have a three-hour span, so Zack Ryder versus Lashley didn't even care for that match. Sorry. I, I just, not happening. Liv Morgan and Natalia versus Asuka and Kyrie Sane. Hmm. Not sure if I'm a fan of that either. And they asked, well, what could you do to fix it? I've been saying it for years upon years now. Shorten your shit. Two hours is long enough because the rating, if I'm going to be honest with you, let's read WWE Raw's rating so that we can get a better idea of why it should be shortened to two hours. So, let's see here. Now I've got post, John. Mm-mm. WWE Raw 224 ratings down and key demo still top cable rankings. The reality of the NFL offseason is a version of WWE's Monday Night Raw that consistently tops the rankings of the top 150 cable shows. The key demographic, that is, is adults aged 18 to 49. It says WWE audience is nothing if not consistent. Okay. So, this was from February 24th. I need March. I don't think this is correct because it's saying Monday Night Raw sweeps key demo top three in 127 cable ratings, according to Forbes. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 yes. I'm not okay. Yeah, Edge was there, and that got the biggest pop of the night. You know, he speared MVP, and then he gave Randy the RKO. So, <laughs> oh, the January 13th episode. So, hang on. I have some ratings. We'll just go with this. So. So the go home edition was 2.256 million viewers on the USA Network, according to Showbuzz Daily. That's up 2% from last week's 2.1. How the hell is that up? So for this week's show, the first hour drew 
2.353, 1 to 2.246, 2.297, 2.278. Raw was number 10 for the night in viewership on cable. I just, I find this hard to believe because that means they're barely above fucking water. And the quality of show, you're going to have fans that don't know shit about behind the scenes because they probably already said, well, we read it on Google. That's great. You read it on Google. I only use Google for ratings and asking it questions. So the point is, I don't know how that's humanly possible, but it is what it is. And uh, by the way, we're going to take a tag break and uh, What's up, UK? What's up, Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Tokyo, Japan? Everyone listening to this crazy, crazy, crazy Monday review on Elimination Chamber, WWE Raw, AEW's Revolution. On uh, happy birthday, Aubrey Edwards, from all of us here at Wrestle Radio Network. Happy birthday. Happy, I don't want to say the age, unless she might smack me. The point, and getting back to the subject at hand. When you have shitty programming, when you have the booking style of a monkey scratching his ass and then trying to sniff it, that is what you get when you had Elimination Chamber 2020. They were bleeping the audience out from chanting AEW or AEW's AEW's. Do you know how difficult it is to sit through a three-hour and 41-minute pay-per-view because I have to report it to all you lovely people? It makes me want to take my hand, put it on top of a blender blade, turn the blender up on puree, and hope to God my hand gets chopped off. It was that painful. Want to know why? We knew Shayna was going to win. We knew that Miz and Morrison was going to retain. So I watch to torture our eyeballs in the hopes that there'd be something worthwhile of watching. I haven't given up yet because Rumble fooled us all. Like my friend Chris and I, our our stat technician guy was off the air tonight. Because, you know, his uncle passed. But uh, he, you know, was telling me numbers. But how many people canceled their subscriptions to the network and this, that, the other. And I'm thinking, if I had one thing going for me, it's um, watching the network in its peak prime. You know, like the years of 96 to about mm, 2004. Because those years, you know, you didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. Hell, you know, Kane could come out there and put jumper cables and attach those dead jumper cables to Shane McMahon's testicles. We all were given a show in which made us on the edge of our seat. On the edge of our seats, meaning we had the concept that we didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. Stone Cold Steve Austin wasn't going to get his revenge on Vince. Was it what? What antics was he going to pull the week after that? But now we know what's coming. We know that Randy Orton was going to face Edge at WrestleMania. We know now that uh, AJ Styles. And The Undertaker are going to face one another when it should have been Aleister Black going one-on-one with The Undertaker. They're literally the same fucking gimmick. Except one has a really cool gong and the other one sounds like they're screaming, you know, whatever the fuck they're screaming in the mic. But, yes, AJ Styles versus Aleister Black at Elimination Chamber. Uh, No thanks. I mean, why did why did it take Gallows and Anderson so long to fucking interfere in that match? It 
it's not a bad idea, you know, for Alistair to go one-on-one with AJ again. However, it does get a bit redundant as far as booking and comfort levels go, whatever the fuck the case may be. Please do not book bullshit before WrestleMania. You gotta, you have, see here, 16th, 23rd, 30th, four weeks until the big dance, the big shlemiel is going to happen in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. And tickets are still available because people are acting stupid. Well, what if they can track coronavirus? At a wrestling show, you ignoramuses. Come on. Tonight's show was so wiki-whack, if you will. WWE Raw, that is. It was more than just chaos. It's so hard to follow. But every time you turn around on a main event, a triple threat, the main event, it's a fatal four-way, or it's an eight-man tag, or a six-man tag. So, yeah, can you imagine why the fans are not too thrilled with what not only went down tonight in D.C. and WWE Raw, but what went down at Elimination Chamber? And I'm, I honestly, even being on the other side of the curtain from being there, I don't know everything. I don't want to pretend I know everything. What I am going to tell you is you learn what makes the audience jump at you like your character's a heel, you know what to say, what how to gauge the crowds because the crowds in the Midwest are not that exceptionally bright. Right? So what made it worthwhile? Uh, gee, I don't know. The fact that Elimination Chamber gave us matches, it's just so goddamn annoying that there has to be, you know, Excessive interviews. I feel like yawning even more because that's how much of um, excitement there was in WWE Raw tonight. When you have Riddick Moss as the 24-7 champion, come on. But we also know it's a crapshoot because then people complain but no matter how much you know you try to explain the audience in Philly was still going to bitch because there was no color whatsoever at all in the elimination chamber matches why is it important you know if you're inside a steel cage why wouldn't you fucking gig why that is a structure that was meant to be demonic. It's meant to be hell on earth. And I noticed, you know, there are some parts of me that noticed the hesitation on New Day and the Usos to not do shit that was too risky, that was going to hurt your money makers. I'm just going to say it. Main roster is filled with nothing but talent that does not use their potential. And you know why? Because they've been babied and pampered and told, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is going over, blah, blah, blah. This is who we've picked and chosen to win the match tonight, whatever. And the crowd's going to react, whatever. You should care about what exactly is that you're trying to convey as a business owner, as a manager. You should care. Because some of the fans may not be there tomorrow. Actually, a lot of them canceled their subscription, to be exact. Watching Elimination Chamber was like gargling with nails and rusted-out spikes. And sure... Rhea knocked uh, Rhea Ripley tonight. Knocked out Charlotte Flair because Charlotte does nothing better to do with her time than run her mouth. 
right? That's just the flare for you. Flares are ones that give you goosebumps when you hear that music, that dum-dum-dum-dum. But uh, this flare in particular, she's going to be, well, troubled, if you will. It was definitely interesting that Rhea Ripley came onto Charlotte's turf, supposedly her kingdom, and got a new Astrid for it. So, I tired folks, but you know what? WWE Raw will do that to you in a heartbeat, so I must wake myself up. The next following segment is called Off the Rails Uncensored. For those of you who have small children, no children under the age of 14 is to be listening to this podcast because if they repeat what I say, it's on them. Not on moi, because I put out a disclaimer. Use the language, same thing. Get out. Right now. It's the end of you and me. Okay, enough of that JoJo nonsense. All right. Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark show since March 7, 2016. Any use or dissemination without permission from Off the Rails Uncensored moderator Brian Rails, you will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law and fined $45 for every many usages you've had of the name Off the Rails Uncensored. All right. So I don't fade, man. Buckle up, fuckers. Because you're about to journey into my head. Dig it. Look in my eyes. What do you see? The I've been everything you want to be. Oh, I'm the cult of personality. All right. So, Chamber of Horrors equals Elimination Chamber 2020. Do you know why it was such the Elimination Chamber from hell, essentially? It was worse than when Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton had that House of Horrors match. That's why the title was, you know, brought about. Nothing against the uh, main roster spoiled brats. No, no, sir. I mean, who wouldn't want to work their ass off in NXT only to work, you know, very light, you know, run the risk of getting injured, doesn't matter anymore, or captivating matches before that time frame? Let me just point this out. If you have, okay, let's say the the men's match, you know, happened differently, you know, singles match for WWE Raw or SmackDown Live. No one took total unnecessary risk, but when you're inside the Elimination Chamber, I, me personally, I've seen cage matches after cage matches and Hell in a Cell after Hell in a Cell. Mick Foley, you know, fell off that 40-foot structure under the announce table, and you hear JR say, by God, that killed him. By God, that killed him. As God is my witness, he has broken in half. When you have a commentator word for word describing the action that's happening on top of the cell, from the top of the cell to the bottom of the floor, you know your brand is doing something right. I'm not so sure that people get why I say what I say. It's not just because I've been on the other side of the curtain, man. I'm saying this because some people really need to quit fluffing the idea that you can pick how the fans should react to this bullshit. Would you want to sit through a boxing match and all you see is the dude shuffling his feet around his opponent. And then at the end, the judges base off of, you know, okay, did this dude, did this guy, 
get in enough hits or did he have enough combinations, whatever. You wouldn't want to see a fixed fight, although too late, some of these fights are fixed. I just cringe watching, rewatching the pay-per-view. And do you know why? Because from top to bottom, this card was complete shit. The only thing that made sense was The Undertaker coming in to save Aleister Black or just trying to make a point towards AJ Styles. Why? AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Speaking of those two, why didn't they throw shit in the ring? Because it would have made more sense. They're, they're line, they line themselves with AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. What gets me is all these people that I used to were like, oh, yeah, man, and NXT is going to be great when they get called up to Maine. I would have told myself, no, it's going to be a fucking death trap. Please don't. Some definite missing elements to both Raw, SmackDown Live, and any other show that gets tolerated or put on by WWE. So you want me to explain to you, sir, why it's a chamber of horrors? Imagine getting out your pod and you get in maybe a knee strike at best, and the rest is done by Who knows? The point is, folks, Elimination Chamber was such shit. Not because of one match, but because the value in that show is now putting me to sleep after just reading you the results. It would make sense if WWE had a great pay-per-view. Yeah. I am 100% behind the belief that they give us one a year, and our one a year was Royal Rumble. Some may say, I didn't mind the show. I didn't mind it at all. That's fine. There's hardly ever any time for us to sit back and watch, or, you know, rewatch Elimination Chamber and say, man, that was a great match between, you know, because there was no takeover. There should have been. But then they wouldn't preserve them for WrestleMania 36 takeover in Tampa. I don't know if preserving us is going to help you any either, but it's already preserved in my memory of the fact that I actually tortured myself and watched this nonsense go down. So, you know, Shayna standing outside the ring in an elimination chamber match. The winner would get a shot at Becky Lynch. That was the stipulation. Play with one of the play hall stalls. And actually get an opportunity in this company. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't find watching this pay-per-view to be very satisfying because it wasn't. Like, eating a dessert at the table, thinking, geez, there's got to be more flavor to this cake than this. But like the fools that we are, you know, we fall for this shit every year. Well, you're going to have a great mania. You're going to have a great experience. Yes, if I brought, you know, kids to the showing. But instead... It turns into a fucking eight-man tag. So, Chamber of Horrors. There's so many moments in both the men's and women's matches that makes you think, yeah, no. Like, the cool part, we climbed up the cage and did the moonsault, everyone looked up. As if to say, hurry up, hurry up, we're all in position. Hurry up, hurry the fuck up. Definitely mental notes. That I would like to uh, 
read aloud from my brain. It sounds something like this. If you're shitty and you know it, watch main roster. These people work out for a living only to post shit on Instagram instead of, you know, some of their matches get posted, you know, via video, and some may say, why do you say such negative things about a company you used to like? I fell in love with the fact that maybe, just maybe, WWE could shorten Raw. They could also make sure that when it's a pay-per-view take-home before WrestleMania, they give the fans exactly what we want. Otherwise, you know, ours be done, you know, goodbye. Nice knowing you. Don't want to change your format. You don't want to change it. You just want to stick to the story and go from there. Give the audience who hasn't seen Raw a chance to see what they're missing out on or what they used to be missing. I don't know. All I know is that I tuned in to watch professional wrestling. What I got was I tuned in to watch a yawn fest at Elimination Chamber 2020 in Philadelphia. There was no... Like I said, you don't have to have a lot of color, but steel structure. Jericho fled inside there. Triple H, Undertaker, Mark Henry, and not one soul wanted to forgive for them being misjudged. Sorry, my thoughts are all over the place because it's about 12.30 when I normally start snacking. I'm going to rendition of But the point is, folks, I'm sorry if I'm rambling all over the place. If you want to present a crowd, a show, especially the East Coast, have some blood involved. I mean, you could easily, like when Otis went out the pod, it would have been much better if that there was actually, you know, a method to the madness, if you will, from presenting a hardcore match to an audience that has sell or seldom sees hardcore. Also, if I'm not mistaken, it was not even thirty seconds when Shayna Baszler tapped out Sarah Logan. There's a lot of things I notice, and no, I'm not going to end my show just yet because I have plenty of time. There's a lot of things I notice, not just in the women's match, but it seemed like they slopped together the match of uh, Humberto Carrillo versus Andrade Cienales. Good back and forth, but they didn't start doing the flippy, flippy shit till the end of the match. And to me, if I'm a worker, you know, say they could have done a Spanish fly or a Canadian destroyer, something Ray absolutely loves now, I guess. But, you know, hey, it's worthwhile. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. I've said that phrase sometimes about WWE, but the three-on-one handicap matches... The uh, I'm going to hope and pray this pay-per-view is great. I just wasted some of my money on Mania. No, it's not a waste. It's an experience for my friend Jordan. We all know that the prelude was supposed to give us an idea of what we can expect at WrestleMania. Well, that pirate ship might sink you know, into a sinkhole. The way the card is shaping up to be may surprise us. It may not. But I'm just saying, man, anytime you watch a pay-per-view that makes you want to rip your eyeballs out, throw them into a lake, get a, you know, grab a fishing hook with a lure, put some bait on that lure, grab your eyeballs out, put them back in your eyeballs, wash your eyeballs out with acid. It was that kind of pay-per-view. You can't just I cannot sugarcoat this shit I can be suggestive as much as I can be 
But dear God in heaven, when people in general, you know, that are on the other side of the curtain or from the other side of the curtain says, it's wise to be suggestive, but also do this, do that, think like this, feel like this, do what? No. Fans are allowed to fucking bitch if they have a legit gripe, right? This is a legit gripe. Where in Sam's hell was Lester? He can't defend the title before Mania because then it loses its uh, meaning. Loses what kind of meaning? The man has a contract to which he's obligated to go by the contract, but I get it. I don't mean to sound like a broken record reverting back from months ago, but you have an employee that does not show up, and yet people revere him as a great worker, a worker that makes things work. So he only works three out of four months. No, he works two out of three months. No, he works maybe one day out of a month because the rest of the time he's either spending his time in Minnesota or wherever the fuck he lives and he's spending time with his daughter, whatever. It'd be nice if Mr. Lesnar or Goldberg could show the world that they are fighting champions, not just at pay-per-views. It also would be nice if the company would quit shitting all over Oscar. They say we're not. She, okay, I hate the term buried because that's not what they do. And obviously, she's a champion, but it's of less meaning now. The women's tag team champions, the Kabuki Warriors. I would like to know whose idea it was. That, you know, why even because you gave Asuka up as a sacrificial lamb to Shayna Baszler? Shayna Baszler is not a bad competitor, and like I said, she has improved. But if she's going to do the same shit that she was doing in NXT, um, let's just say she needs to slow that shit down just a smidgen because I think the other women in the locker room, I don't know. I'm not there, I'm not in the locker room, but this is just from my perspective. If you tap me out or if you, you know, kick me in the face, watch where you're fucking kicking. Two, we know Shayna Baszler's a mastermind you know, behind martial arts and she her it was her element because she was inside a cage. Now it sets up the uh the feud between Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. Do we know what creative was thinking? No, sir. We don't know what creative was thinking, but we do know as a collective audience that the show in Philadelphia for Elimination Chamber 2020 sucked donkey dick. If I was a fan watching that, you know, Shayna Baszler tear through Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, what was the point? You might as well have had Becky defend that title at Elimination Chamber. Or you could have combined the women from SmackDown Live and Raw to face one another in a huge-ass, you know, Elimination Chamber-style match. Overall, you know, the quality of match, it was to set the tone, the curtain jerk was Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. I'm sure fans were intrigued to see Gulag versus Daniel Bryan, but when he got dropped on his head, like he lived, didn't he? Yeah, he lived. There, <laughs> I mean, there's some definite stiff shots in that match, like the kicks, the throws, everything was fucking stiff as hell. And if I'm going through the match card, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn versus Strowman. Can you honestly say you want to see Strowman as a champion? Yes. To answer that question, yes. The man waited for such a long time, you know, and for two months he held the title and he was dominant, and it took three men 
take him down. I'm not concerned about that aspect. What I'm concerned about is a big man just lost to Sami Zayn because, well, Nakamura and Cesaro were the running mates to uh, make that process happen. He used the gimmick of, well, small guy, you know, David beats Goliath. Sami Zayn beats Strowman. I have a lot of question marks. A lot. For example, as I lay my head down on the pillow, how in the world are we still going to do, well, we're going to lump you guys in the match because they're going to come down. Street Profits are going to come down. They're going to help out. Like, every other time, man, there's a run-in. There's a fucking match that follows suit because there's 25 minutes left on programming tonight on WWE Raw. You want to know what gets people, incites people's emotions in the uh, wrong way? Is when you pull shit like that instead of just having them brawl all over the goddamn place. Not just brawling, but using objects like chairs and getting the tables out. I mean, after all, it's mania. We can't risk uh, our talent, you know, getting wailed upon. Excuse the fuck out of me, man. These guys can brawl. And when they came from NXT, the Viking Raiders, Seth Rollins, every last member of this fucking roster is literally, it spells out NXT. Which, by the way, is the only brand I have faith in. And Lady Lynn and I, you know, despite her being sick, we had a conversation before this. She and I both agreed upon the ideology that NXT is much better than Raw. And SmackDown Live, it always has been. Yeah, sure, it took a minute for its product to evolve itself. I would much rather, if Monday Night Football was on, I get it, you know, they were in a higher demographic for whatever date came out last with the ratings of 2.026. That's, you know, barely enough to keep your head above water. No, that's significantly high because Supposedly, Raw is in the top 10 in cable ratings. I don't know how many 20s or $100 bills was given to someone, but no. Quality-wise, what's the purpose of watching Legends? Basically, just sit there and speak. Oh, my, you know, hips injured, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But to have no color in the men's match or the women's, not an obsession, it's just I was told I should wear a mask for my podcast. Yeah, and it would sound extremely awkward, you doofus. Whenever I tuned in tonight on Raw, I don't know what I was thinking. The same old, same old, you know. Instead of Andrade versus Rey Mysterio, you have We have a former Lucha Libre, you know, competitor in Rey Mysterio and also Andrade Sinamos who used to wear a hood. The point is, folks, some of these matches were absolutely terrible. Was there any way to stop them? No. Because they'll just keep... The match ideas from creative will keep popping up like daisies. Oh, they didn't like this. Why don't we do it? Oh, well, this you know, this call for this movie. When, when all of us as fans decided to watch Elimination Chamber, afterwards, I guarantee you... Some of us were saying to ourselves, why? It's one of those I can't complete a sentence in my own fucking head moment. Because I stammered upon watching WWE Raw at the point when well, they're showing replay of Kevin Owens trying to get into the arena today and he gets his ass beat instead. Yeah, good build, I guess.
what are the takeaways from the show, my man? Let me just point this out. If um, Seth Rollins is the main event, clap your hands, clap, clap. Not a cold day in hell. No, 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 no. See, this is this is making up for their sad attempt that if the shield was there, they'd say the creative would say, "Oh, the shield's here." Blah blah. I must put them back together eighteen gajillion times and form the or formulate that concept to the point where we all want to roll our heads into a fucking set of bowling pins at a bowling alley ring. You know what I'm saying? Concepts have been overdone. There's they're not faction heavy, but the Monday Night Messiahs, okay, the Raw Messiahs, or the whatever. That eight-man tag match tonight, it, you know, surprisingly, they got enough reaction from a DC crowd. No, an East Coast crowd. Some are very simple, and some are very not well put together, if you will. When it comes to reacting to wrestling, they sit there like mosaics. What I'm getting at is WWE could be so much better than what they are showing right now. I don't know if they're reserving something for next week or if they're attempting to. It just feels like the wind cuts out of our sails as fans a lot because Rumble was the momentum. It was like they had the momentum with them. It was great. So my friend and I went down to Texas and, and watched inside Minute Maid Park. We saw the spectacle that was Royal Rumble. It was amazing. But just like a fucking promo, the ro- let the roast begin. From top to bottom, the card on Elimination Chamber was so bad. I would rather watch current Saturday Night Live skit because SNL now compared to SNL in the 90s. Take your pick. Some of it's funny, some of it's not funny, and it's just, it takes a lot out of me, because then I get mad, and when I get mad, I get very rageful. When I get rageful, I don't quit. See, I woke up, my battery's now recharged. When your ratings are at a 2.026, that's, you know, the demographic makes you number 10 in, in overall cable. Uh, I'm not saying that that's impossible for Raw, but have you seen the show from a wrestling fan's perspective? Some of you, yes. Some of you say we bitch too much. We cry about the simplest things. We should be grateful that we're having a show for us. I'm not ungrateful of the fact that they have a show. By all means, give us an inter- you know entertainment value type show. We will tune in every single week and watch the product. But the product's so stale, we have eight-man tag matches. Then we have, you know, a rotation of Rey Mysterio and Humberto. Why not just have a tag team match between Rey Mysterio and his partner, Humberto Carrillo, versus Andrade Cien Almas and Angel Garza? In a tornado match. I love playing the role of imaginary commissioner or imaginary booker because guess what? It's I realize it's never going to fucking happen and I can just rant and rave all I want. It's never going to go anywhere. But I guess a wise man once said if you're suggestive about things, maybe they might take a listen. Who knows? I have a very hard time believing that Raw and SmackDown Live will improve anytime soon unless unless certain people are acquired, certain people are used correctly. And by certain people, I mean the people that have gotten called up from NXT to Maine the transitions, you know, such as, you know, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan, of course they've all changed.
But I um, I just want to point out, sometimes WWE goes through rough patches. Sometimes AEW has gone through rough patches show-wise. Some, you know, sometimes people do stupid shit like unprotected chair shots, like Cody Rhodes. Other people, you know, try to hide the fact that Michael Cole's commentary is, uh, is what it is, and it helps depict the picture if you don't have time to watch the product itself. What I'm going to leave you with is, I hope and I pray that WrestleMania is not a total shit show, and that there's maybe a few elements of surprise to keep me guessing, all right? My stomach is getting really, really hungry, folks. I'm not going to go snack, but if you don't believe what good old Brian Rails had to say tonight, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And next week, yes, Lady Gwen will be on the show. All will be well. And we here at Wrestle Radio Network would like to wish everyone a happy early St. Patrick's Day. So, to those bitches I got to sleep and, you know, get on this diet bullshit. All right, let's go. Take it. Yeah.